0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2016. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. If you have your Bible with you this evening, uh, turn to Romans chapter 8. This is my first time behind the glass pulpit. It's, uh, I feel like I just have my iPad and uh, all my gadgets out. Romans chapter eight. And uh, we're going to just read one verse to begin with and I'm going to set the stage for it. Romans eight twenty-eight. And it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Just that one verse to start off with. That's where we're going tonight. I'm going to talk about God's divine compensation. You know, this is the verse that is written in bold in the fine print of our covenant with God. It's written there. It's God's promise to us that he'll work everything out for good, for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. It is a wonderful truth and a wonderful fact that we have been adopted into his family that we have a loving Heavenly Father whose, uh, whose operation towards us, whose involvement in our lives is from that position. It's not a position of judgment, a position of, of persecution or a, pers- a position of hardness. It's from a position of love and a position of care. It's as our loving Heavenly Father that he looks at us. It's as our loving Heavenly Father that he is with us in whatever circumstances we're going through. It's a wonderful thing to know that God is with us, that God's involved in all of the nitty gritty details of our lives. It doesn't matter what we face, doesn't matter what comes against us, what we face in our lives. You know, over the last while, that line, you get it thrown at you, things happen in your life. And they say, people say, all things work together for good. And sometimes we use it as a wee bit of a superstitious phrase. You know, everything happens in threes. You know, we just say, oh, all things will work together for good and we leave it at that. But I want to look at it and I want to explore it tonight and I want us to take encouragement that all things truly do work together for good. Amen. You know, in my life, when I look back at my life, I can, I've lived in, I was talking Sharon this week, I've lived in uh, 24 houses in my life 24 different houses and that's th- that's taken into account houses for more than 3 months um so 24 houses you know so I- i've been around i think it's safe to say that i believe been through things as a family You know, I look back and years ago, we were in a church actually in America and the youth leader said to us, I was young at the time, younger than I am now. (laughs) And the youth leader wanted us all to go through an exercise and they wanted us to draw a map of our lives, to draw a path from where we were years ago to where we were when we did this map. I said 24 houses, so I had a plenty of, plenty of uh, places to stop along this road. And I, I'm not the artistic one in the family. Uh, my brother is, but maybe I've got to a, a weave it away with words at times. So I started off, and I thought back, this is the point I'll start at when I was my happiest as a child, as a young child, didn't know nothing. I was my happiest. And then I did the path that came out of that. And I thought about, you know, how my... You know, at the time my my family went into the ministry, my dad became a pastor and I drew a mountain and I called that the mountain of hardship because it was quite a change. It is quite a difficult thing for anyone, especially for the kids of anyone growing up in in ministry. It's, It's tough because you're never quite accepted the way the other kids were. I always felt that I was on the outside looking in and all the clicky kids all went off and did their thing and I was left behind. So this was a mountain of hardship. And then there came a time where my, my dad stopped pastoring and that was again, the wee road came along and then there was a forest and I called that the forest of confusion because we didn't know what was going on. In five years, I lived in five separate houses. We did not know what was going on. I was confused. I was all over the show. I didn't know where one end was up and what end is down. And that's why I didn't do great in my GCSEs or my A-levels, because that happened in that time. And it was confusing. And then I drew on, and the wee path went on a bit further. And we went and lived in America. And I drew a big river, uh, uh, the the river of separation, because I'd left all my friends behind. Everything I knew was gone. Everything had changed. I was in a totally new country and a totally new culture. And look back, you know, as this year's passed and I look back at it and now in my 40s, I can look back and I can say that road will go on further and there's been more, more forests and there's been more deserts and there's been a few valleys and there's been a few mountains and I could draw it on and on. And I can look back at that and I can say, my heavenly father has been there all along. I can look back at those circumstances, those things that I faced and I can say, you know what, it does it, all things that I went through, as hard as they were individually, the confusion, uh, the forest of confusion, the mountain of hardships, the the, the, the river of separation, as hard as those things were and they were hard, I can say God works all things together for good. I can have confidence in that, confidence that everything works together for good. At the time, I couldn't. At the time, I wouldn't have said that. At the time, I would have poured out anger and frustration and confusion and things like that. But looking back, I can say with confidence that he has been there all along and he has worked everything together for good. Now, as I said, this starts off from a point that we have to understand God's relationship with us. Yes, we're talking, we're not just looking at salvation, but we're looking beyond that. We're looking at God as our heavenly father. So we'll read back a few verses there. And the apostle here is is setting the stage for these verses. Verse 14, so Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, praise the Lord. The spirit of himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And have children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labours with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what, what, what he does not see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Praise the Lord. God has adopted us into his family, as members of his family. Uh, we have a special and unique relationship with God and re- relationship with God where I, we can cry out, Abba, Father. No matter what circumstances and situations we go through, whether we are going through ones now, whether we might find ourselves in a forest of confusion or we might find ourselves facing a river or something like that, or maybe, or maybe we've gone through it. Maybe we've gone through something and we can't quite articulate or understand what it was for. We can't quite understand what, the, what good can be in this How can good come out of what happened to me last year? It was just a painful time. I need to forget about it. But God has given us that promise that he can bring good out of it. It's that unique relationship with him. We are no longer cast off, no longer distant from God, but now we have access to the very throne of heaven. Now we have surely goodness and mercy following after us we have a hope. We have, uh, we have an expectation. We have a confidence in God. See, what Paul is doing here and what God, the Holy Spirit, is doing through the scriptures is trying to give us a bigger vantage point, a stand back and look at the map you've just drawn point. We go through it and we have to go through it, but we need to sometimes stand back and say, you know what? God has done something. He's taken us through so many things. He's brought good out of them. I can't understand it, but He's done something amazing. So I want to break apart the verse that we're looking at tonight. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For we know that all things work together. You know, the the apostle in writing this, he has a sense where he's looking back at what has gone on in his life. He's looking back at the experiences that he has had, but there's also that sense of looking forward because he can look forward in faith, knowing what God has done in the past, knowing that he's been there and he's been through some really lousy things, but he knows that God has worked it out for good. All things work. I'm glad he didn't just stop there. All things do work, regardless of the situation, regardless of whether we're a believer or not, all things work. You know, I pictured it like a group of horses, wild horses, they all work. They're all pushing and pulling and running whatever way they want to run. But God comes along this, onto the scene of time. God comes along and gets involved and he harnesses them together because they all work together. There's a purpose. See, for the average person, things happen, things occur in their lives but for the believer for those who love God there is an there's a purpose to it it's not that God causes those circumstances see we're not Muslims Muslims believe in shalakh it's all all in Allah's will it's all whatever Allah wants we're people who live in a real world where good stuff happens and bad stuff happens and God comes along and says listen I can work it out. I can actually make something good of what you've gone through. I can bring some purpose to what you've experienced. He could say by faith, I believe that all those things which I am going through or will yet go through will work together for good. Just as they have done in the past, they will continue to because God, because of God, whose I am and whom I serve. God is a good God. He said there, and it's led into that verse in verse 18. It says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm just going to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're very familiar with this verse, these verses. This is, all, this is Paul talking about those things that he has gone through. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 22. And I'm gonna read a few verses. And these are some of the all things that the apostle has gone through. Now he's talking about his situation. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labours more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things. What comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I am not, and I do not burn with indignation? Just, just thinking there, you know, pastor only has got one church to worry about. <laughs> Paul had a number of them. We brush over these things. These were, these were things he went through. As he was going through them, I sincerely doubt when he's treading water after the ship has sunk, that he's thinking, this is gonna be for my good. This is gonna be for my good. God's gonna be doing something good with this. I seriously doubt that that thought had actually gone through his mind. He was probably thinking, I'm really cold. Well, at least that's what I would've been thinking. My my fingers, oh, there's gonna be a shark coming along. After living in Florida, I'm terrified of the the possibility of meeting a shark in the deep. So he wasn't thinking about those situations at the time. This is great. There's a hardship coming. I'm going through something terrible. This is great. This is going to be good. God's going to use this for good. Maybe he got to the point where he did. But initially, I doubt if he did because he was a real man. I wouldn't have thought of that way. Certainly my first, first time I came to a mountain, I came to a forest and I came to a river. I never thought this is gonna be great. God's gonna be glorious in my life and I'm just gonna be fabulous. I feel like Donald Trump. <laughs> it's gonna be tremendous. I never thought like that. I never thought like that. I thought to myself, this is, this is wild. This is terrible. Bad things are happening." But God comes along and he makes these circumstances, no matter what they are, I haven't articulated them. They could be anything. From a loss of a job to a car accident to a flat tire. It, it could even be something positive. Because it doesn't necessarily mean bad. It doesn't necessarily mean bad. But obviously that's o- overwhelmingly the, the, the idea being that this is something that's working on us. It talked there in the verses beforehand about God working on us. And about creation longing to see the, re- the realization of the sons of God. See, as believers, we are, have a, a standing before God that we are saved 100%. I was in a situation with someone this week. I had an hour with him and, I was, and it was a, and it's a closed situation and he wasn't getting away. And I was telling him, listen, this, you know, we are lost until we find Christ and we get hope. But our standing before God might be solved, might be right, but our state before God needs work. And that's all these things are coming together to do. They're working on us. They're developing us. They're changing us. We want to hear all things that work together for good. That means I'll get a a nicer car next time. That means I'll get a bigger house. That means that the the insulation out of the insurance money from the leak in the attic will will be wonderful and I'll have lower heating bills. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something spiritual. We're talking about God doing something that lasts, something eternal. And it's only God that can do it. By design, these events, these all things that are working together are helping the pen away, uh, they're helping to break our focus from those things that are around us. Break our focus from the forest or from the river. They, they want to break our focus from the small picture that we become obsessed with and look at the big picture which God is filled with. God who stands out of sight of time knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he's doing. He's got a plan and a purpose. God is a good God. You know, many people become, or shocked whenever we do encounter hardships. As we're growing up, whenever I was in the very happy place with a nice big house at the beginning of my map, I never thought I would have hardships. I never thought things would be tough and difficult but we come in contact with things that make our lives difficult, that scar us, that make us into the people we are. I look back at those things that I have gone through and as hard as they have been or as hard as they continue to be, I look back and I go, you know what? I have a confidence now. I have a hope now. I have an assurance now that I wouldn't have had unless I had gone through. I wouldn't have had that unless I had gone through some stuff. As believers, we know that it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to everyone. But as believers, we know that we have an enemy also who will manipulate circumstances to try and affect us, to try and take us away, to try and discourage us, to try and uh, confuse us even more, to try try and damage our trust relationship with God, to put things in our lives that we we might turn around and blame God for, that we might say, where were you when I was going through this? And that's what the enemy will do. But the promise in this scripture is for good. All things work together. And number two, for good. For good. The apostle had learned the secret of distilling the sweetest essences from the most repulsive ingredients. From every trial, he extracts nutriment, for sustaining a more steadfast faith, a more fervent hope, and a more expansive charity. Out of those things that he had gone through, the apostle with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, was able to bring something of value, something that he could take on his journey, something that he could use to further the gospel, to further his, to God's message to the, a lost world. The apostle's not referring to material things. He's not referring to, oh, th- we had a shipwreck and the next ship we got on was bigger, boys and dears. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, was uh, a bunch of thieves out there and I was scared. I thought, you know, since uh, you know they're walking down the main road in the middle of nowhere and there's no streetlights and oh the, we were in a, an area I didn't know and there was thieves and, oh, I was worried. But thankfully, a bigger group of thieves came along and chased them off. He, 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 He wasn't saying that at all. He wasn't talking about material things. He was talking about something eternal, something that God was doing in him and through him. God was communicating a message um, through his circumstances. See, God is more concerned with our character, with who we are as his people, as who we are individually. He's concerned more about our character than he is about our comfort. He's concerned more with who we are. Are we believing him? Are we trusting him? Do we have integrity? Do we have honesty? You know, I was talking to someone there last Sunday and I was saying to him, you know, we talk sometimes about the fruit of the spirit. We talk about the gifts. We love talking about the gifts, but we don't talk about the fruit and cultivating the fruit. See, God is at work cultivating in us the fruit of the spirit. He's in the work in us cultivating a right Understanding a right attitude towards him and his word. You know, it may be that our lives are a series of crushing defeats or a life of unremarkable events or maybe huge and heady successes. It is God who like an alchemist turns iron into gold. He enters into all things and changes them into good and nothing can be said to be accidental or unfortunate or unremarkable. He transforms even the commonplace into something that is good for us. In verse 18 there, it says about the glory to be revealed. See, God enters into those things and transforms it. You know, I think of, when I was thinking about this message, I thought of Naomi. And remember Naomi and Elimelech, they left their land with their two boys, Malon and Chilion or Kilon, And they left because of the famine, went off into the, the land of the Moabites, There was a circumstances drove them and they moved them away. They go down there, they meet two girls, the boys get married. Elimelech dies, Malon dies, Chilean dies. I should really have got the the pronunciation right first. They die anyway. And then what? She turns back. Naomi says it's all terrible. Bad things have come, bad things have happened. Surrounded by death, surrounded by suffering. She'd been starving, obviously, because there was a famine in the land. Hardship had come. Ruth and Orpah go back. Part of the way, Orpah turns back. So only two of them go on. Naomi, starting to get bitter because of the circumstances. No longer call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Ah, Things have been hard. She went through things, troubles came, all things came upon her, but all things worked together for good. Ruth left the land of the Moabites and what a testimony, what a testimony from Naomi. Ruth said to Naomi, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'll leave behind everything I know because I can see something in you. Naomi maybe couldn't see it. She was still looking at maybe the forest or maybe she was looking at the river or actually probably the desert of starvation. She was looking at the hardships, but God was still doing something in her life. God was still there because she still loved God. God was working those bad things, those events together for good. And Ruth followed her and Ruth came out. And we all know the story how she married Boaz and is in the lineage of Christ. God worked all things together for good. Or what about the life of Joseph? We know all these stories very well, but have we considered these are situations that real people went through? The hardships that he encountered, he put himself through, it should be said. He had a gifting and an ability that God had given him, but he opened his mouth and he was maybe less than gracious. Sold into slavery, bought by Potiphar, exalted, then approached by Potiphar's wife and thrown to jail and rotted in jail for years, ignored and forgotten. And yet, and yet God was working on him. God was working through him. God would work through him, but God was working on his character. Remember, he was then eventually exalted after interpreting the dreams of the, I keep wanting to say the butcher and the baker, but after interpreting the dreams, he was then exalted. Years again later after that, he was exalted. And he had the opportunity to be bitter and angry and vengeful to his brothers. But God had worked on his character through circumstances that had happened to him. God worked on him to make him into a man that was gracious, a man who was going to save ultimately his people and save the the people of God. That's a wonderful thing about God. He can take even the most dire of situations, a life that has been plagued by mishap and accident and tragedy, and God can do something wonderful with it. No one is beyond redemption. No one is beyond the message that God can turn your situations from the past into good. God can redeem something out of it. Look at the story of Jesus himself coming to earth. Coming to this earth, at a point in time, arrived on, on the scene of time, walked streets. He was facing stresses and strains. He, it was a time where there was around him in his life, there was a lot of recriminations. There was lies, there was abuses, hurt, sorrow, unforgiveness, wounded pride, personal insults. Do you, you want to talk about things that were going bad? He suffered he didn't come and have a nice easy ride he didn't arrive in a palace and a nice clothes on him every day and a full stomach he wasn't escorted gently up to calvary's mountain there he was in the middle of everything in the middle of all things and he was able by the holy spirit and by god to bring good out of it to bring good out of it now he didn't do it because of sin Yes, he went to Calvary's tree because of sin, but he went there and in spite of sin, in spite of the enemy's attempts, in spite of man's attempts as well as the enemy, he still conquered. He still brought good out of it. He brought our salvation. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. At the terrible time and a terrible situation, out of terrible circumstances, he brought good out of it. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful news? Isn't it wonderful how God has done that in people's lives in the past? We're reading it in scripture, but has he done that in your life? Has he he used situations in your life to bring good out of? Has he brought something, an ability or a, a, a way to relate to someone? A number of years ago, I was made redundant from a job I was in. And it was hard to see how that any good could come out of it how How can any good come out of it? But you know i've I've now got the, a perspective on redundancy and unemployment that I wouldn't have had without of it, and I've actually been able to to encourage people and not not saying it sounds like I've do it all the time, but the odd, I've encouraged the odd person I've met who who's been made redundant, lost their job. Or unemployed, and say, "Listen, you just need to keep going. Here's here's some things you do. Here's some practical things you do. But you know, God can bring good out of it. That's something very, very normal, and very natural. But God can enter into those things that we go through and experience, and bring good out of it. The Apostle in Second Corinthians four, uh, he says, "Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day." for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Praise the Lord. Don't get caught up in staring at the trees if you're in the forest. Yes, they're dark. Yes, there's not much happening in there but don't get caught up staring at the trees because there's something beyond the trees. There's something beyond the valley. There's something beyond. So all things work together for good for those who love God. This is the clause to the verse. It helps to explain that both good and bad things happen, but without God to translate that event, these things become meaningless in light of eternity. Things happen to everyone. Saved and the unsaved, it all happens to everyone. People have lives that happen. You know, my uh, sister-in-law lost her uh, baby there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Isn't unique in the sense she's lost a baby. It happens to the saved and the unsaved. It's It's a matter of fact. It's unfortunate. But God can do something with that. For those who love God, God comes along and can use that for something good. He can use that to speak to people, to open a door to share a relationship with God, to open a door and explain how God's strength has carried them through. And for the unsaved person, unfortunately, they hope for the friends around them to comfort them at that difficult time. But it's whenever we've got a relationship with God, He transcends time. He takes it beyond what we're going through right now and uses it, yes, to touch other people, but He uses it in eternity. In light of eternity, we'll look back and see all those things that we have experienced in light of that reality. When I get to heaven, every disaster and triumph will be explained by God as things that shaped me, both emotionally and mentally. But as a child of God, they have contributed towards my sanctification and state, my condition before God. I state before God. It is the bright light of our love for God and His love for us that shines upon all things and chases away the shadows and uses them to bring us closer to Him. It should be said, the clause is for those who love God. Sometimes we can go through things and we can say, I've gone through this and I'm going to take this and this is going to be my identity for the rest of my life. I have been a, I am a, because I survived this or I went through that. And there is an element where we have that, yes, and it's okay to have that as something that happened to us. But if we identify ourselves for the rest of our lives as that, we'll never get any further than that. I have a good, good friend who um, went through a situation and identified herself in one way, and that was it. Because of what I've gone through, I'm aden- I am this. And she went to groups, and they all got together and they shared and they talked about what they had gone through. But it wasn't until her love for God became greater than her love for what she had gone through the badge that she carried. It wasn't until her love for God overwhelmed that that she was able to move on. And now has flown out of it, past, way past, way exceeded where she was because God has taken what she had gone through. Yes, she held on to it for a while, but she had let go and she moved on. These things shape us. They mold us. But we can't hold on to the forest of confusion and dwell there. We can't allow some bitterness, some anger, some resentment, some frustration become something to us that we polish up and we sit on the shelf and people come to our house and we all talk about this nice big thing on the shelf. God wants to take us beyond that doesn't want us to become identified with that forest or that mountain. He wants us to be identified with him for those who love God. God can use events, yes, to reach the lost. He can use that crisis to be a point where someone is confronted with eternity and confronted with the things of God and confronted with their own mortality. And God can use those events to speak to them, to Give them, you know, give them his gospel message. But for many people, they're just events, background noise, just occurrences that happen. And I just need to save a wee bit more for next time. That rainy day fun just needs to be a bit more, a bit boosted, a bit boosted, sorry. For the man or woman in a, heading to a lost eternity, everything they experience will have the dark shadow of their future cast over it. Every cloud will have been a thundercloud. Every rain shower will have been a flood and every pain a misery. Only a relationship with God can transform all things into something for good eternally. God has a wonderful way of doing that. And it's important that we remember that God wants to transform those situations. I'm reminded of the quote from C.S. Lewis speaking about where we are and what we've gone through in light of eternity. And he said, talking in a story, allegory form here, he says, "'That is what mortals misunderstand. "'They say of of some temporal suffering, "'no future bliss can make up for it, "'not knowing that heaven, once attained, "'will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory.'" Praise the Lord. You know, see that forest I went through. I tell you how, I could have cut cut it down and made a log cabin with it. And some sinful, uh, once attained, will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. And of some sinful pleasure, they say, let me have but this and I'll take the consequences. Little dreaming how damnation will spread back and back into their past and contaminate the pleasure of the sin. Both processes begin even before death. The good man's past begins to change so that forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms to his badness and is filled only with dreariness. And that is why the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except in heaven. And the lost will say, we were always in hell and both will speak truly. God is a wonderful God. Whenever you know him, when you trust him, whenever you give your situation into his life, into his hands sorry. You know, we did that when we got saved. Didn't we talk about it? I, I've given my life to Jesus. Did we just do it as something? Uh, uh, I've given my spirit, and I'm not actually using it right now, so that's okay. But we've given him our lives, given him the, the reins of our lives, with trusting Him with the circumstances and situations. Paul speaking to Timothy, he said, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. If you don't know what's going on, if you can't quite find any good in something yourself, give it into his hands. Give it over to him. Listen, I can't handle it, Lord. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to understand it or articulate it, but here I'm giving it to you. You can take it. You can bring good out of it. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is the final point. Called according to his purpose. Fascinating when I started reading this verse. Purpose, the word purpose there is the same word that the Greek translators used Uh, the Jews found that after the the Greek Empire spread all over the world that their kids couldn't read Hebrew and they were more and more reading Greek because they were being educated in Greek schools and things like that but everyone was speaking Greek so they decided let's translate the Old Testament into Greek they started in the 3rd century BC and finished about 132 BC so they've got a Greek Old Testament and this word that Paul uses here 150, 160 years later is the same word that the Jews used in the Old Testament for the showbread in the tabernacle in the wilderness. This was a table that they would bring 12 loaves of bread into and they would lay these loaves every week before God. This was a special bread and it was a special symbol to the people of Israel. It was also called the the bread of presence because it was always in the holy place, not at the holy holies where the ark was, but it was just on the other side of the curtain. It was in the holy place, in the presence of God. The bread and the table were God's picture of his willingness to have communion with us. There's 12 loaves to signify the 12 tribes. It's a mystical understanding, a mystical uh, illustration to represent us as men and women, as people before God. A blend of different ingredients or experiences, we could say, brought together or worked or processed to become a loaf. Something as common as a loaf of bread. But... Brought into the presence of God after break, baking. It represented so much more than just a loaf of bread because it represented the tw- 12 tribes in our, in our situation. It represents us as his people. Something as common and every day as bread coming into the presence of God. All of the processes that the bread had gone through to become a loaf were forgotten once in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise the Lord. Once brought into his presence as the purpose of God is to bring us into his presence. Once in his presence, we will forget all of the pain and suffering that we have gone through, all of the hardships that we had faced, all of the difficulties, all of the mountains and forests and rivers and valleys and whatever else that we had struggled with, we will have forgotten about them and we will have forgotten about the pain, but we will be the sum total of them and in his presence, it'll be wonderful because he'll have brought good out of it. So can you say by faith or by experience that God has been good in your life? Can you say that he has turned all things together for good? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We set the stage by telling how this was all because we are the children of God adopted into his family. Now heirs and joint heirs with Christ. What a special relationship we have with him. He can translate that hardship, translate that experience and bring good out of it. But if we go on just a few more verses, which I'm not going to, it talks about what can separate us from the love of God. Heighten our Depth. Principalities or power, can anything separate us? See, God has got a wonderful work to do in our lives, and He'll use circumstances and situations to do it. And we can have hope because we know whom we have believed. And I am persuaded, I am persuaded that He is able. I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto that day. So, wherever you find yourself tonight, whatever you find yourself going through this week, whatever you find yourself going through last week, might not have all the answers, might not have all the solutions, might not even see how any good can come out of it. Let me assure you, I can say personally that that he works all things together for good, for those who love God, those who are called into his presence, those who he wants to have fellowship with intimately. So take heart tonight, be encouraged.